you know, I wanted to inspire other people that that have gone through it. You know, specifically women of color are always have so much pressure. Black women in this country have always the onus of taking care of people and and being of service. You know, if it's not an election, it's raising white people's babies. It's something that women of color all have in common, always being of service, taking care of others. And I just felt like, you know, I wanted to be a voice and say, I, I see you. I see you, girl. I know what it is. I know the burden. burden, burden That's burden. Ida Rodriguez. She is a comedian. She is an actress. Uh, and now she is an author. Her book is about how she's been able to take all of her trauma and turn it into comedy. A successful career by all accounts. This is a really special pod, y'all. Lean in. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Today on the podcast, we have Ida Rodriguez. She's a comedian, an actress, and now an author. Her new book, Legitimate Kid, is out. It came out October 17th, 2023. That means just a few days ago, and we need you to support. In this book, she talks about a, a very painful upbringing, and she also talks about how she was able to take her trauma and transform it into comedy. I had a friend tell me once, uh, black and brown people do trauma so well, and I do know that's where a lot of our comedic interest comes from, like celebrating things and making fun of situations that were really, really tragic growing up or probably that are things that are happening in our lives right now. And for me, this podcast, this particular episode felt very cathartic in a few ways. So I'm going to share something with you that seems so off base, but when you listen to the podcast, you'll get it. I've seen Ida around on the circuit plenty of times. I always thought, oh, she's beautiful. She's smart. I don't think anything about it. Coming into today's podcast, I was late. I was running behind. 
uh, by like 15 minutes and I was really panicked about it. And I felt like she might have bad energy towards me because people hate when people are late. I know I do. And she was so kind and so generous and even. And I didn't think anything of it. And I was like, well, just thank you for your patience. Um, And throughout the podcast, she says something which I thought was a joke about how she was in a relationship with a guy who had a crush on me. And she said, I used to hate on you because he had a crush on you. And I just laughed it off, right? But as the podcast went on, she starts talking about more and more things that really resonate with me. Um, In a society where women sometimes hate women, in a society where women are taught to hate women, in a society where men also hate women, it's really painful to pretend like you don't feel it, notice it, or see it. I think I've mastered that. And I know many of you have. You have to. Otherwise, you would cry every day. You have to make a joke out of it. So when someone says something like that to me, I I kind of laugh. But towards the end of the podcast, it was really a moment for both her and I, in the sense that she's very honest about working on her insecurities. I also am doing the same. But she reminded me throughout this podcast, it's okay to be insecure. It's okay to feel like you're mad at someone that's displaced anger. But it's also okay to admit it, move on, and work on your healing. And it was just a healing moment. Here we are talking about her book, Legitimate Kid, and I need you all to go out and support. Really special. Hope you enjoy today's edition of Naked. I'm curious, as we begin, I usually like to start at the genesis of the podcast where I ask um, how people grew up, how they got their influence, um, where life for you in terms of knowing that you would take this road, where did that begin for you? And when I talk to people who are comedians or actors or or a variation of both, um, there is always usually an inevitable childhood story or a moment when they knew. Do you mind sharing that moment with me when you knew this is the world in which you wanted to live in? Sure, I would love to share that with you. No one's asked me that question. Um, They just always ask me, how did you start doing stand-up? But, (laughs) you know, I was a... True. It's just there's always the same the question. When I was a little girl, I was around my uncles a lot. My uncles, my mom was really young, and my uncles were uh, in the house because my mom was a teenager. And I had one uncle, my youngest uncle, who exposed me to comedy and and hip hop. And so he used to listen to um, Richard Pryor all the time. And I remember oh. hiding behind the door listening because I wasn't supposed to be. And Richard Pryor was doing his joke about his dog being high. And I just remember laughing so much and thinking to myself, like, I want to do that. So I used, to, I used to pick up the broomstick and like it was my microphone and entertain my mom. And what would be your joke or what would your mother laugh at or would she not laugh? She did. I would, girl, the, it was funny because I, be, um, I would be like telling, saying scriptures, but trying to be funny while doing that. It was, it was a very interesting mix because I, I guess I associated pastors with comedians because they both were in front of people talking and, and entertaining in some way. And I, I just I would I would take the Bible. I would sing hymns. I would have my own little variety show, but it was very church. This <laughs> is very different than what I do now. OK, so it's very church driven. There is a connection, if I if I had to suggest, between a pastor uh, and because it's theater, it's theater and they stand up in front of people yeah. and they are entertaining. Right. I, I see the, I see the connection. So are you, are you, um, doing Bible verses, uh, or are you saying, you know, are you being funny, reciting, reciting stories from the Bible? I don't, I would, what exactly would that sound like if you remember for your mother? Girl, emulating the pastor, it was imitating the pastor and and giving it a comedic spin, you know, that exaggerated and the Lord, and, you know, that kind of <laughs> oh, okay, stuff. Okay, okay, okay. 
I love that because that's what we do. And the Lord said, bless him and bless her. And I get it. Yes. Yeah. If if you heard your hey. uncle as a little kid listening to Richard Pryor, which I'm sure had lots and lots of cursing in it, and I'm sure had a lot of um, yes. probably inappropriate things. Like you said, you were listening behind closed doors. Did you ever feel, and then you would do scripture, which is so funny because they're two different worlds. When you started to come into your own and you knew that you wanted to do this, how did you vocalize that to your family and your friends? So I told my, um, I, I, I told my children first. First, it was my girlfriends because my girlfriends and I would go to this comedy club in L.A., the Laugh Factory. We would go to Chocolate Sundays every Sunday. And there we got to see, some, you know, the best comedians in the land. And I kept saying, I want to do it. I had started writing jokes. And then one of my friends threw me on the stage for first impressions, which is how this whole thing started. Um, but I, um, I, I just told everybody I want to do it. But what I kept, what, what I, what I made sure that I did was apologize, not apologize, but it was, but I'm not really going to do it for real. I'm just doing it as a hobby because I was afraid to fail in front of them. And so, um, it was safer to just say, I'm just doing that as a hobby, as opposed to saying, I'm really committed to this. This is what I'm going to do. That came later. When you told them it was a hobby, but you knew ultimately you wanted to do it, did they encourage you to do it? And they were like, you're funny. You have something here. Or did they let you continue to say it was a hobby? No, they they told me you got to do this for real. Um, I did a I roasted my girlfriend for her birthday brunch and Chris Spencer <laughs> was there and Chris. Yeah, we we did a roast. It was she asked us to roast her, and he was like, "You are a stand up," and he was like, "You need to go do stand up. Like, stop playing." He sent me to my first open mic, and oh, wow. I trusted Chris because Chris was working with Jamie Foxx. He was working with Kevin Hart. He knew he's a stand up comedian in his own right, so I was like, "He knows what he's talking about." Um, but I was still doing it as a hobby. I too remember um, Chocolate Sundays. A really, really, my close friend, uh, her name is Kendra Carter. She worked at NBC and she was in charge of, are you familiar with Kendra Carter? Wow. Uh, and so I, w- I would go with her. She would take me to comedy clubs with her all the time. I wouldn't remember because she was really there working and I was just like kikiing and sipping drinks. But I remember, to your point, there'd be so many amazing comedians with so much talent, including yourself. And you wonder what a tough gig it is to choose to do this, especially someone such as yourself, um, you know, who has uh, acumen where you, someone probably thinks you should do something else. Yep. Went to college, you're going to college, you should do something else. Yep. When, and Chris is, Chris is funny and he's a fool in his own right. I love him very much. I, w- I, I wonder when you started to make a living at this. So that came... How uh, long did it take? It was funny because my very first gig I got paid for, right? The very first time I was on stage, they paid me $500. Oh, good for you. Then I never got paid again for about, (laughs) (laughs) like, uh, I would give me a what for like maybe about five years. Like I, when I started really making (laughs) as an old. (laughs) Wait, so your first, your first gig, you got paid $500. Yes. And then you didn't get, get paid again. And for five, for five years, and yeah. you were just getting up, just getting on the mic, perfecting your craft, but not getting paid for it. Absolutely. You don't start wow. making money until you hit the road when you start, when you become like an opener, you become a regular at the club when the club passes you and they start paying you for your spots. Up until then, you're just going up, trying to create a name for yourself. You're trying to build your set, you know, and, and honing the craft. So it takes a minute. And so, yeah, I got paid. So I didn't start getting paid until... Um, Russell Peters uh, is a very successful, mm-hmm. famous Indian comedian who saw me perform at a place called Cinespace in Hollywood, and he invited me to come open for him. And that's when I, that's what kicked the door open for me, featuring as a comic and starting to make money as a comedian. How does, okay, so I'm going to get in the weeds. I know, I know of Russell. I don't know him. I know of Russell. I'm a huge, like, you know, I think I, I don't, I'm not a comedian expert, but I am a huge fan of what you all do because it's extremely difficult to, to stand up there and make people laugh. So Tony Baker would have this joke where he'd be like, you guys are stingy with your laughs. I can't stand this audience. You guys are stingy with your laughs. Like you would say it and people, and especially a room full of black and brown people, it's something 
either they either really in the mood for it or we're just not in the mood for it. We like make me laugh. Like why? I find that. That's why I said it's so difficult to do what you do. So you do five years, don't make any money. Russell Peters is a big deal, comes in, says open for me. How nervous are you when you start when you open for him specifically? Oh, very nervous uh, because he sell, was selling out all of his shows. So Russell sells out all of his shows. So we're doing we're in West Palm Beach doing the West Palm Beach Improv. He has seven shows. They got to add another one because he he's just selling so many tickets. And the room is filled with everybody, but mainly Indian people, which I'm I'm nervous because I'm like, is my sensibility different? Are they going to get me? I'm a little bit edgy. Uh-huh. I'm in a different, you know, I do different type, a different type of stand up. And it was great. It was a very, a very big learning experience because what happens when you open, you do less time and you do really well. The audiences can be very generous to the openers. You start to think. Do what I could be hungry. <laughs> like they love me. <laughs> they think I'm so funny. Um, really learn- good at that. Yeah. Yeah. But you learn that valuable lesson that you got to do that three times over. It's not just that 20 minute set is the sweet spot. You got to, you got to keep those people engaged for an hour. And so it was school for me. I, I was just learning over and over, just watching him every show. And learning something different every time. It was very intimidating to go up from going to an open mic to standing in front of an audience that's completely sold out. Oh, so it's my uh, my research. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, said you had a bit of a turbulent childhood and you moved to the DR. Do you find that and I say this, I just feel like sometimes us black and brown folks can really do trauma well. Like we really embrace it well and we make it really funny. Do yeah. you find that that your is that where you get a lot of your humor from thinking of things that are just like, you know, that was really that when I grew up that, you know, or when that happened to me it, and you make and you make yourself laugh. Otherwise you cry. <laughs> yeah. You know, we learn it in the hood playing the dozens. We learn, you know, they call it roasting. Now that it's mainstream, but <laughs> we called it joning, cracking, snapping. Like it depends on where you were. But yeah, we grew up, you know, uh, weaponizing each other's like poverty as as a way of making ourselves feel better because we want to keep the heat off of us and wearing pants too short. I'm a tall girl, so you know, wearing pants too short for me, and they call on high water and they clown me. So yeah, we learned to turn our our trauma into comedy it's it's a coping mechanism okay you know what time it is we have to pay bills so just press fast forward fast forward fast forward and (laughs) we'll be right back otherwise listen to the commercials those are pleasant as well every champion and carry champions to be a champion a champion and carry champion and carry champion a champion and carry champion and carry champion greatest greatest in sports and entertainment connected with All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome back to Naked. And here is my girl, my new girl, we best friends now, uh, Ida Rodriguez. I saw you as I'm sitting here talking to you. I remember there was, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, it was um, a music, um, an honoring of music greats, maybe during like Grammy weekend. Mm-hmm. And I believe Buster Grimes was being honored. And I also think Missy Elliott got on stage. It might have been the Academy. I don't know the name of said event. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you came out and you hosted and opened it. It could have been two Grammys ago. You don't remember? And you were with, I, I, I know for a fact, you, you, you got on stage and you talked about being tall and having a bit of a, a stint as a model and everyone. And I know what I thought when I was listening to you, watching you. I was like, oh, it's so pretty. I was distracted. Do you find that what you look like is distracting sometimes? Well, I was told by Keenan Ivory Williams I was distracting when I did last comic standing and he told me to stop being so distracting on national television while my knees were buckling because they kept telling me that people were watching. But you know what? It's like, I'll get, I'm, I have a confession for you. Thank you for that. You are also <laughs> a, a very beautiful woman. I, my ex-boyfriend had a really big crush on you and I used to hate on oh! you. Oh! <laughs> It's confession time, girl. I was like, she ain't all that because he he had a really big crush on you. Thank you. And I it, cannot stand her. She ugly. <laughs> it, it, you know, you deal with your own insecurities, and you're especially if you're in a relationship with somebody who makes who doesn't help the insecurity. And no, sure. no shots fired to him because he's a great human being. But we had our celebrity crush, and he, you were his celebrity crush, and I was like, oh my god, what a small. She is she late on top of that? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's funny because it's it's so interesting that we would end up doing your podcast. And I just chuckled to myself because I was like, he, you know, he had this thing for you. And I thought it was cute. I was like, you know, he's he he felt safe enough to tell me. So you got a fan out there. And it's Listen, it's only because I could tell you who went in the game. It really has. I, I think it's so funny. We always make these jokes about it. Girls, ladies in sports, rather. We make these jokes about it because we just is a pain in the ass and they don't want really to bother with us when they really mean us. They're like, oh, she a pain in the ass. I'm like, yes, I'm still a girl. Um, tell me about your book. Congratulations. We tra- As we make our trans. What a great confession. Like, I was like, oh, she's just so sweet. Thank no. you. And you don't remember this event. And it's bugging. I'm going to Google. No, no, it's bugging me. But you were. Yeah, no, I remember. I, you remember? You remember? I, I always shut out the big events with, because they make you nervous, especially when you're a mm-hmm. comedian and you're doing shows with people who have super big names. And they just brush off the comic. So thank you for remembering me. <laughs> you did a great job. Well, you're no, but you stand out too. But you did a great job. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's so pretty. I, the, I am, the, I'm the opposite. I'm just like, oh, I like pretty tall people. Like yeah. it's so vain. Well, me, me too. Can I make that- me too. Just not when my my boyfriend is not doing a man like ugly. No, and I, I was it, it, I mean, I mean, I love doing this because I can be transparent. I was in a very dark space. I felt very insecure about myself. 
And so to hear the man that I, yeah. you know, I was with telling me, you know, gush over another woman was so threatening to me at the time. And then to have a conversation yeah. with you and see you here and be like, yeah, she's a dope ass person. Like, you know, it's just, it, it, uh, I just want women to who are listening to hear and know that sometimes when we do that, like it's, it has nothing to do with the other person. It just has to do with how you're feeling about yourself. And I'm in a good place now, girl. I wrote that, that book is- and I'm back. Like I can tell you the truth. We having confessions. I can tell you everything. Um, I that is what you just said. Since we're being naked, is so true. I think if if especially if it's somebody you care about who doesn't make you feel good about yeah. who you are, and he just says something about some other woman. Um, it, to be honest, in the world that I live in, I, I that happens a lot to me. Like I, people are mean to me in general. Like wives will be mad at me, and I'll be like, I didn't do nothing wrong. What I did, you know what I mean? What's yeah, and I get it. I get it. I've been there. I've been the hating ass girlfriend. I understand. <laughs> I'm like, she not cute. She look like um, a housewife. She not really that pretty, you know, or whatever it is that makes me feel. <laughs> and you know, it's funny is when you're when you're looking at a woman and you know she's cute. She's also intelligent. She's articulate. She's tall. She's fine. And then you look you look like the crazy one. Where you like she ain't all that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I don't like that particular type of girl or me with or with a dude like when I'm with a guy this is so random I'd be like I don't like him that tall and rich and dark and handsome I don't even you know what I don't even want that like that's why was because that means you know you is somebody who's insecure and you're just appeasing them you're like that's why anytime a man this is a woman to me, I'm all I look at them sideways because I'm like, oh, you don't think I feel good about myself that you can't celebrate another woman. You know, like that's, Yeah, that's right. That's what that's, the trauma work. That's right. Oh, that's oh, let's talk about the therapy. I didn't know we were gonna have therapy. I I agree. And I and I don't wanna do I don't wanna be that. As I'm going through, I'm like, I'm de- I without are you dating right now? No, you know, I'm doing this trauma therapy that I've been doing for the last couple of months. And uh, my therapist has asked me to be relationship free for six months. So I'm two months in, but I've been single for over a year. And I started dating somebody and I realized that I, I had embraced another person who had a lot of issues. And I was like, I stopped myself and I removed myself. And I'm, I'm just, I'm in a relationship with myself right now. Um, and I got about four months. Oh, good. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I feel great. Um, I, I got tired. You know, I've been in very long-term relationships. I dated a professional. I was married to a professional athlete. We had two children. And um, then I was married to, um, then I was dating somebody else for a very long time. And I, I just, I became like a, a specialist in being of service to the people that I was in. With And I, I had to break from that because really? I kept forsaking myself. And um, in this last breakup, which was very painful, your humble stand, um, I decided that <laughs> when I walked away from it, that I was going to embrace me and, and be a better me next time I got in another relationship. And I, I'm in this program with this woman who works with a lot of amazing women. And it's, it's a therapy program that only lasts 12 sessions. And she's like, can you give me the 12 sessions? And I was like, I can give me the 12 sessions. Absolutely. So I feel good about it. Oh, this sounds amazing. How'd yeah. you hear about it? Because yeah. I, I, is it something that everybody's available? Is it just for yeah. celebrities? How, is it available to all of us? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll connect you if you'd like. Um, she's amazing. She's worked with, you know, you know, you see, you know, some of the actresses, you know, some of the executives. She, she works with women and, um, and she's specifically, she doesn't believe you should be in therapy for the rest of your life. She's like, you don't, when you are, when you have physical therapy for an injury, you don't go forever. So she's like, you should be able to graduate from a program. And so she works with professional women. She's a dope ass woman. And I, I'm so glad that I met her. I've done some, some work with her that, that has been just life changing for me. So yeah, I'm happy. I have a question now that we're down this path. When I look at you and I think of the things that you've accomplished, does that not um, make you feel more confident in who you are? I, I wonder because when I uh, date, and I've been married, I'm divorced, but I'm currently dating, I always, 
if there was any sense of insecurity for me, I just look at the totality of who I am and I'm all like, it's on you if you this up. You know, I wonder. And but but that's also a crutch leaning on career. Like you can't just do that. But I wonder how you see yourself in terms of do you see yourself the way I see you? I, and I'm sure you don't. But like tall, smart, beautiful, attractive, successful. Do you see that? I'm starting to, you know, uh, my manager tells me all the time. He's like, I need you to fuck with you like I fuck with you. My manager t- says that. <laughs> I love some pretty amazing people. You know, I, I'm starting to see it now. I had to get out of the ring. I had to get out of, you know, I was in a relationship. I was in another relationship. I was dating. I was I was around friends that were not the best friends for me. Uh, good people, just not good for me. I was just in these circles and cycles of pe- uh, of, of ongoing stuff that uh, I rem- I just realized one day that I felt like I wasn't enough and I was unworthy of anything great. So no matter what I did, it was I was never enough and I would just continue. I got to do more. I got to do more. Wearing myself out. And so thank you for the compliment. I, I, I believe in the laws of attraction. I am a reflection of you. So I, I just feel like now I'm starting to catch up, you know, and know that I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing it. I do stuff. It's never too late. Yeah, no, and that's the thing with women. Women are always given these expiration dates, and I, I know it. I rebuke it. <laughs> I wouldn't even listen to it. I'm like, you start when I'm around a bunch of women talking about how old they are and what happens when they get. I was like, I don't believe in it. I don't know what you're saying. I don't hear it. I refuse. I just refuse. I also think it's interesting that you were married to. I know. I believe it was an NFL player, from my understanding. Yeah. Did you meet him in school? Yeah, I met him. I met him in my youth. I, we were kids, you know. I was in a summer program. Oh, when you were yeah. Playing. So I was with him before he became a professional athlete. Um, I you watched the build. You watched the no. Nah, I believe. I believe. I willed him into the NFL. I believed he could do it, even when he did. Sometimes he was, you know, he was my childhood best friend. Um, we didn't. Our relationship didn't work out. We were both broken when we were together. But I have nothing but love for him. He gave me the two greatest assets of my life, and he was he 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 may not have made it the way he wanted to, but he is undoubtedly one of the best NFLs that ever played uh, wide receivers that ever played in the NFL. I love that. Do you in your book? Now look here, I am late. Now a comedian, actress, now author. I'm late. We finally get to the book. I know we got to go soon. Um, what made you write a book? Memoirs are so difficult. I've had so many of my really good friends write. I haven't, but when my friends write it, like um, Jamel Hill wrote one, and Bozema St. John, all my really, really wonderfully successful girlfriends have written them, and they said when it's all said and done, um, it's hard because your truth is your truth, and if you're writing about other people they don't necessarily agree with your truth. How was this process when you wrote your book? You know, um, I think specifically when it comes to black and brown people, we are accustomed to not telling what happens at home. We've always been trained to what happens at home stays at home, which I have a lot of respect for. But it's also, it's it's almost like we're not a crime syndicate family. Like (laughs) the things that happen at home sometimes... (laughs) Can't stay at home. You you guys saw Scarface, you saw father, and you've taken this a bit far. A lot of times... Okay, we can talk. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of times when we keep the secrets, we are... Uh, yeah. We, keep, we un- uh, enable abusers for generations upon generations because we're not telling that uncle so-and-so likes to touch on us or we're not saying that such-and-such beats too such much. And we just keep the, the cycles of abuse going because... We've been indoctrinated to question our integrity when we speak up for ourselves. And so I had to let it out. You know, I had to sit down and write about my journey with feeling illegitimate because I didn't have my father's last name, some of the things that happened to me. And I just have to be okay with people being upset about me telling. Because if I'm telling a lie, there will be consequences for that. But if I'm telling my truth, and it's freeing me and you're bothered by it, then you're part of the problem. And that's how I just had to be okay with that. When you talk about trauma and growing up and all the things that hurt you, um, did this book feel cathartic by putting pen to paper? Yes. Or what did you hope 
would be the end goal for the with the book? You know, I wanted to inspire other people that that have gone through it. You know, specifically women of color are always have so much pressure. Black women in this country have always the onus of taking care of people and and being of service. You know, if it's not an election, it's raising white people's babies. It's something that women of color all have in common, always being of service, taking care of others. And I just felt like, you know, I wanted to be a voice and say, I, I see you. I see you, girl. I know what it is. I know the burden. You know, and I also, it's not just trauma porn. It's not just me crying and whining about all the stuff that happened to me. It's me taking accountability for what I what I participated in, what I chose. You know, me forgiving people so that I could be free from it, not walking around being bitter all the time, talking about all the stuff that happened to me. You know, me saying I may not have had my father, but all these women showed up for me. Tiffany Haddish showed up for me. You know, Wanda Sykes showed up for me. They created opportunities mm-hmm. for me so that I could be. And I, I wanted to to just I wanted to talk. I wanted to process my pain and be on the other side of it so that maybe you can help somebody else do that, too, because, you know, it ain't cool to just stay in victimhood as well. At some point, you you got to make a decision about what you want to do with your life. What was the biggest secret right. or what the what was the biggest set of secrets you reveal in this book? I talk without giving away the I mean, I, in terms of. No, I feel you. But I mean, I, I talked about being sexually abused. Uh, yeah. You know, I talked about um, being on the run with my mother who was involved with a man who was wanted for murder. Um, you know, I, I talk about um, how how uh, my meeting with my father and how it went terribly awry when I first met him for the first time. We love to romanticize the, these things. You know, you think, you know, you watch these reality shows, you see people crying, Daddy, that's not how it is. You know, I want to... I talk about how my, my raw and real feelings about meeting my father and was thinking to myself, wow, my mom did me a favor. <laughs> you know, I was like, she really, uh, you know, all money ain't good money. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. it was so, it was, it, I talk about, I give it, I give away some of the stuff. I talk about losing my virginity and how I felt like I, my value immediately dropped because I was always, how unwell. That that was the greatest part of me was the fact that I was still a virgin, you know. You um, said four, probably three or four things that all that have all happened to me and not I like meeting my father is disappointing in knowing who he really is. It's disappointing because we romanticize. And then you talk about the shame associated with something someone else did to you. And it may not even be sexual assault or a molestation, but just the shame that that women carry when they are attacked. Um, And it's it's a society problem because we feel like it's, we should be more responsible. What did I wear? Could I cover up uh, in a world where women hate women and men hate women, you know? Yes. (laughs) And so it's interesting to me that the story is so universal, and although people share that story, we still find ourselves trapped by that that secret. It has so much power. So I am so grateful for you um, being so honest and bold and sharing your story because it's most definitely well. It's going to help. It's going to free someone. I watch these young women that are being um, driven by all the stuff that they see on social media. There's so much, so much mixed messages and. Unfortunately, unfortunately, now when you speak out or you speak up about certain things, they get conflated, right? And you say, you know, there's a direct correlation with women online telling young women that you got to get your money. If you don't think that affects the way human trafficking happens, you are out of your mind. If you are continuously telling young women that the way to get uh, the way to get things is by your sexual behaviors with men, which you should be owning, it shouldn't be about men. Of course, it's going to affect some women who are young women who are being trafficked. My friend works with human trafficking victims, and she said now young women are volunteering to go uh, to go become sex workers with the cartels because they want Gucci and they want nice sneakers. And they they have people telling them that that's the way to do it. So, you know, I feel like if we have so many voices pouring into young people saying this is the way it is. If the least I can do is write a book and saying, let me tell you, it happened to me too, girl. I want you to know there's the other side of it and you too have an opportunity to heal. Then then I get to heal a little bit because of that as well. 
And I thank you for that. Thank you for that. It may choke me up a bit. Like one thug tear is coming out of my eye. That's up my concealer for the day. I, I, I really appreciate your honesty. It's um it's a crazy world, right? Like it, uh, we we know of each other. I've seen you in different rooms and I've always just admired you from afar because I know it's or what you do. It's too I can do it. You're better than me. Better than me. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with if you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I we didn't get into acting because obviously we're still on strike, but I know uh, I would love to know that you have projects. Perhaps when the, the when the strike is over, there are more projects for you coming. No, well, you know, first of all, I just say something about what you said. You and I both do stuff that's been dominated by men. And yes. it's been giving an idea about what we, who we are supposed to be when we do it. And then when you show up looking cute, paid <laughs> up, nice dress, you know, looking like, looking like you belong on the runway <laughs> for some people, because you can also, you speak that too. You're smart. You, you can hang on all levels. And so I thank you for giving it to me. I, I just want to give it back to you because no. I know it's not easy. I receive it. It has not been easy. They always want you to play their way, um, you know, for better or for worse. I, at the end of the day, I just and no one figured this out for me. I'm figuring it out as I go along. And I look at people who like you and other people in my world. And I try to surround myself with strong women who and not by like strong is like beat everybody up, but women who have a constitution. I mean, we all have our own insecurities, but a constitution to be better and want to be better. Uh, this is why I try to do this podcast. I'm naked. I, I ain't perfect. I take my hair off in night, my lashes too. And I sometimes get mad and I figure it out. But I, I think it's important um, that you use your talent and your platform the way in which you're using it because you've been chosen. And I hope you embrace that and receive that and own that. 
Same, same. And you know what's funny? I want to make sure that I stay here too, that I also am going to take these lashes off tonight. I'm not going to take the hair <laughs> <laughs> a little bit longer. But it, it's uh, it's funny because we, we have to deal with this stuff. And I always believe that those of us who are lighter always have to use our privilege to make create awareness. You know, being Latina and, and, and we have yeah. so much colorism in our community. But I wow. was at the mall with my son and this white lady walked up to me and she was like, that's not your hair, is it? And <gasps> he was fuming. He was so, he was like, do not answer her. And I just flipped my braids off and I said, as a matter of fact, it is. Good for you. Oh my God, the audacity is on sale. How dare you? I was like, bitch, it's my hair. Whether I bought it or not, call me. This is mine. (laughs) (laughs) It is my hair. But I was like, it's real. It's on me, ain't it, guys? That turned into a pimp real quick. Okay, you like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Don't come at me. I want to have, I feel like I'm going to take your phone number. Or I'm definitely jumping in your DMs as for your phone number. Yes. I, because you bring that up. I posted a picture yesterday and I thought I was real cute. And some man jumped on there or probably whomever and was like, or somebody's girlfriend mad at me and said, we don't like your fake hair. And I was just like, what? and I replied because I had like a hundred some odd comments right to me how cute I am. One, of course, the one gets to you. And I replied, I was like, why is this an issue for you? Why does my hair in this photo bother you on this day with all that is going on in the world? And I and I put a laughing face and my girlfriends called me and they like, because of course they're so silly. They love when I give it back because normally I just ignore of it. Of but in my mind, I'm all like, what is this world we live in where we have to find something wrong with everyone or try to stop someone shy? You walking with your son in the mall, minding your business, pretty. The lady wants to just be like, that's not yours. Why? But how? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? But now we know. Melanin is divine and it is also threatening. And people who are not, <laughs> it, it, it's a, you know, just to imagine being part of a, a group of people that have worked entire a long time and not i'm not talking about all white people but the fact that the white supremacy has worked so hard to get rid of black and brown people they've tried everything and still we remain and thriving and so of course somebody's gonna try to they probably read every single one of the good comments and felt like more like right let me not hurt her place (laughs) me I appreciate you. Wait, oh. so where can people get Legitimate? It's available wherever. Yeah, so Legitimate Kid is available everywhere books are sold. Um, please go and support your local bookstores, like the independent bookstores that are owned by Black and Brown people who suffered greatly during COVID. So please go and support those bookstores. That's how they stay alive. And they su- they supply you with the books that we write that other places don't. Um, yeah. And so if you need to go to uh, Funny Ida, funnyaida.com and check the link in the bio and you, it, I'll let you know where you can get the book. I'm going to buy some for my foundation. When you see the the random lady who bought 50 is for her foundation. Oh, I thank you so much. It's for little brown girls who need who need to hear your story. Thank you so much. You're so kind. I'm going to follow I'm, you because I was like, I, you know, I had, uh, followed you because I was hating. <laughs> What that mean? Don't make me laugh. My stomach. I'm <laughs> honest. I'm honest. I'm following you now, and I'll, I'll DM you my number. And I see this picture. He looks super cute. And whoever said that, I, I, I'm. I want you to understand. I'm calling Kendra after this to tell her this. This is the. This is really funny. And I don't. I totally. This is a full circle moment right here that we're having. Well, and so Kendra, tell her I say hi. Kendra worked very hard to put me on television. She loves you. She tried to get me on a show on Spike TV. She's always tried to to help me, and I love her. And she she was working under a woman at Spike TV, and I was like, she should be the leading. Like she's the mm-hmm. one. So she's not the academy now. So she's doing really well over there in their diversity program. She loved you. Yeah. I, I still I, does. Yeah, I'll tell her that you're the. I've had I had Amanda on. I had. Um, Hassan Minhaj on my TV show, he was saying, and it's so funny. I said, I don't think she and another person who doesn't know her effect uh, of how she worked really hard. You never know. But you know what? I always feel like me telling you this, I know we're laughing about it, but it's so healing for me to be able to to sit here and just face you and be like, man, this is this was one of those life lessons for me where I came to myself and I was like, 
two of us can be pretty. Yeah, three million of us can be pretty. It has nothing. It doesn't take anything away from me. It just, I just feel so good to be able to tell you that because I was so broken at that time. And it was such a hard time for me in my life that I feel so good now. And I could be like, girl, I uh, followed you. I was like, I, you know what? I, you, you saying that I, I, oh, wow, I receive it. I just, I kind of learned to just dismiss it because I would probably, in my mind, I, as you said it the first time, I'm like, oh, well, no, that's normal. I, I would probably feel a way if my man was giving a chick a compliment. Well, um, no. For you to say and be so kind and so generous about it and honest, that has to be like, real. like you have to know, I too would have probably thought to myself, gosh, she's so pretty. Oh, no. I'm so vain. My goal, the goal of my relationship for my, I want to be with a man who we who can tell me, hey, she's so fine. I'll be like, she's fine, ain't she, babe? Right? <laughs> Correct. Me too. That's what me I want. Too. That's what I want. Okay, so can we meet up in six months um, and decide that that's what we're going to do from now on? I want to do that with you. I want to do that with my man. I'm like, girl, me and my man saw you and we, we thought you was fine. And he said this, that, and the third. I would love to. That's like, that's always been the goal for me. Is I want to be so secure about myself. Yeah. Written by other women who are also winning. And so I believe this is divine. And God brought me here right after my book came out. Because it's, it is a full circle moment for me because you are beautiful, you are talented, you are amazing, and you are great. And that taketh nothing away from me. And so you're going to make me cry. I just, we have a church. Because <laughs> me doing this, yeah. the women that are, these young girls who are listening and, uh, and uh, admiring you yeah. are learning a lesson as well. You know, because we socialize our girls to hate each other. So thank you. We do. Thank you for that. That made me cry because I'm, I'm sure I, I I relate to that and I laugh it off and I ignore it. But it does hurt me when people don't like me. And I know it has something to do with what I do. So that was a healing moment for me. So thank you. You got it. Y'all, I'm snotting and carrying on. Full snot. Full snot. Uh, and, and, and more than some thug tears being dropped. You guys, check out her website, funnyida.com. There you can go and purchase her book or wherever you get your books. Um, but make sure you go out and support her because I think it's special. It's always nice to see people on their journey of evolution. And I think that she deserves all of the support that she can get. We all do, right? Uh, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I will talk to you all next week. Have a good one, everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.